When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, we're back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on a football Friday with a heap and help and a hoops along the way. In-season tournament final is upon us. We'll get to that, but there's only one place to begin. Here we go! Only one place to start. And it's covered up by Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills, and the Patriots are going to celebrate a win for the first time since they beat Buffalo at home in late October. We just haven't been able to reap the benefits but for this team to get that win. It means a lot. It was a game we expected to be offensive, and instead it was somewhat surprisingly offensive. The total on this game was 30. The teams were 21-10 at the half. And in the end, as you heard, the Patriots hold on to beat the Steelers last night in a disheartening uh, night for Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh. We got Graziano and Tannenbaum good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up this morning. And, and uh, Dan, I thought you used a good term. When you look at what the Steelers are done, they're 7-4. and four, Yeah. And then in the last five days, they lose at home to Arizona and New England. What was the word you used to describe that? Disqualifying. I mean, like even if you even if they get into the playoffs, which I'm not putting past them because the state of the AFC playoff field and the state of the starting quarterbacks in the AFC right now, um, even if they get in, what are they going to do? I mean, th- that's not a playoff team, right? Like they're not they're not good enough. And I think it's probably a, a good thing that they're having this stretch because they'll go into the off season without you know, kidding themselves about what they are and aren't in terms of a, a roster, in terms of what needs to be done. But look, I mean, they're seven and six. That's still better than we thought they'd be. That's still better than I think their talent says they should be. Uh, and so big picture, they're still having an overachieving year. But these past five days have been completely disastrous. You said disheartening, uh, at the very least disheartening. I think watching that game was disheartening for for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, the game, it, it, the second half was pretty ugly. You know, second it, half was closer to what we expected the whole night to be. That. The first half was probably at least a little more entertaining than we expected. It Bailey was. Zappy threw Zappy. three touchdowns. But but here's the question I want to ask you, Mike T. And, and I don't feel like I need to explain this, but for those who don't, Mike T was the general manager of two different NFL teams. If you were assessing the season right now in Pittsburgh and you were assigning credit and blame... I guess I'll ask it as directly as I can. How would you assess the job performance of your head coach right now if you were running the Steelers? Great career, bad year. And I think one of the things that makes Mike Tomlin great is if you asked him, the other Mike T, the same question, I think he would give the same answer. I'd be surprised if he didn't because he has such high standards, starting for really with himself. And I think one of the things RC talked uh, on it during the show, which is you have to be dogmatically honest when you evaluate your own program, Bill Belichick did it better than anybody. Legendarily fired some coaches after winning a Super Bowl. And look, the offense has just not performed to the level. I'm not saying they're a top 10, but certainly what they have and what they produce, it hasn't been good enough. And, you know, it's the old expression, the standards are the standards. And he didn't hold his coaching staff to the standard that he has set 
for himself and the organization for the better part of two decades. Yeah, that, that, see, Graziano, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much of you've had to deal with this, but in my career, I started out as a local talk show host. Mm-hmm. I, I did local sports talk. And I know that there is, then I went and we started Mike and Mike at a time when the, the, the old adage was, the two things you can't do in sports talk are national and you can't do it in the mornings. And here right. we were launching this national morning radio show. And that's why no one took us seriously. But, but what I learned through all of that was the difference in perception yeah. of national media versus local media and local fans is often so different. Yes. And so you're aware, Dan, because you live in the world, that the Steeler fans, the Pittsburgh people are down on Tomlin. Yeah. Now, I love them. I know you do, too. The, the, the quote-unquote national media loves Tomlin. Right. Locally, I feel like that is not the way he is perceived. Well, it's been a long time since they had any success in a postseason. A very long time. And I think that does wear on a fan base, and it's a fan base that, that expects to have success in a postseason. When you're not getting there consistently and when you're not winning when you do, I think that's going to have that effect on a fan base, and, and they have every right to feel that way. I just think, like, from, from the national perspective, you can step back and say, well, who would you rather? I mean, like, like big picture, this guy operates your organization in, in, in admirable ways, in ways you can take pride in. You know you're always going to be prepared. You're always going to be competitive. And, yeah, people have bad, bad weeks, bad months, bad years, and, and, and maybe he's having, uh, obviously, a bad stretch, certainly this week. But uh, I do think it's you have to step back sometimes and think about what would the alternative be. You see many coaching situations around the league that are considerably worse, that turn over all the time, and teams that can't find the answer. When you have someone who has demonstrated his ability to lead and to win and succeed on the level that Mike Tomlin has, I think it's important to appreciate it. Yo, Greedy, what's really interesting, if you look at the game last night, they're really mirror images of one another in this respect. Two great coaches who have struggled post-Brady, post-Ben, and they're still great coaches. Their margin for error to win is a lot less when you don't have Ben Roethlisberger in his prime or Tom Brady, and that's what the reality of what both organizations are dealing with. The critical difference, though, like, and what may do Belichick in is, is he's in charge of roster construction there, right? Mike Tomlin's not in Pittsburgh, and so the fact that the roster uh, isn't where it should be, I think that falls at his feet to a larger extent than Tomlin, who's trying to, I think, make, uh, make chicken salad to a certain extent. Yeah, so, so, I mean, here's the alternative. Here's what I'd say to the people in Pittsburgh, okay? And, and I get it. I, I understand the frustration, but... When you root for a franchise like that, you don't know what it's like when you were on this hamster wheel. So I just called up because I always use the Jets as an example and people get tired of it. So I'll use a different example. For the Chicago Bears, they have had more head coaches since 2013 than the Steelers have had since 1969. (sighs) So would you rather have had two years of Mark Tressman followed by three years of John Fox followed by... Three, four years of Matt Nagy, followed by now what's going to wind up having been two years of Matt Eberflus, and then he'll be gone. Tressman coached the records worth 13 and 19, 14 and 34, 3 and 14. I mean, this, this is the alternative. You are on a never ending path to nowhere. Right. So if you've got something that you know works, you stick with it a little bit through thick and thin, and maybe this is the thing. And, and the Bears are non-competitive in this stretch. Like, that's right. the thing. Look at the, the Carolina Panthers since David Tepper bought them. They're going to be on their sixth head coach. And that's, that's five years. So, like, you think about, yes, you want to win Super Bowls, you want to go to the playoffs, you want to have success. 
The, the regular season's four months long. Bears fans spend three and a half months every year, at least, convinced their team can't win on Sunday. Yeah. And the Steelers fans have not had that. Greedy, Gross makes a great point. Like, you show me an owner with great mental toughness, I'll show you a good organization, and that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are. And again, if we were assessing their future, a lot of their answers are in the program because they have a lot of good young offensive players. Their defense, we know, is already top 10 or better. So to me, he, Mike Tomlin has to have a great process of looking for another offensive coordinator. Take your time, be open-minded, go through a detailed process, and come up with somebody that can get the best out of Kenny Pickett, and at the same time, I would be scouring for somebody to come in to compete with him. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. There's been a lot of Josh Allen conversation on the TV show this week and here as well. Um, I, I will very quickly, in, in the way of full disclosure, explain where it came from. So last week when I was out with the COVID, I watched, sitting on my couch, Eagles, Bills. I, like everyone else, was incredibly entertained by the game. I thought it might have been the most compelling NFL game of the entire season. And then I was diagnosed with COVID early the next morning. And so I wasn't here for a few days. And I just kept getting texts from people. People ask me frequently, do you watch the show when you're not on? And I always say, no, I don't, because it's like watching someone else go on a date with your wife. It, it's painful to watch. It's, you just can't help but, like, every thought that goes through your head is a bad one. <laughs> um, so I am inundated with texts from people telling me, they're killing Josh Allen on your shows. They're, everyone is killing Josh Allen. He's the reason they lost in all of this. So that, that was my mindset when I came back. So I have been on a Josh Allen redemption tour since my return. And Mike T., I know you had some things you wanted to say. You're a thousand percent right, and I would double down, boost, whatever the verb is, because when you really want to assess his value and cut through all the BS and all the stats, I'm telling you, in my opinion, besides the Kansas City Chiefs, there's no team in the NFL that would say, I'd rather have my guy than Josh Allen. And again, the analogy I would use is there's some people in life that when they win the lottery, they complain about paying the taxes. Yeah, He has to clean up. Look. We had Brett Favre. I know what it is to throw consequential turnovers with a great quarterback, but I'll tell you what, having Brett Favre was really good for us. So, yes, he needs to get better in certain moments, but I'll take Josh Allen any day of the week. The texts you were getting while, while people were watching the show, and you were, what were they saying about the, the fill-in host? <laughs> I'm just out of curiosity. I just want to know how that That's person how you did. did. a few of those days. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I, don't, I didn't hear the conversation. You didn't yeah, answer no, the question. I did, I, that's fine. That's fine. It's okay. But I don't the impression that. I got was that people were suggesting that Allen throws that interception late in the game, and that's the reason they lose. And what right. I would say is, Josh Allen was the best player on he the was. field in that game. Yes. So to, you're going to point out one bad moment. I get it. It was bad. But they're nowhere near in that game if he's not brilliant. I thought he right. played as well that day as I've seen any quarterback play in any game in the NFL this whole season. So to come out of that game and say, Allen is the reason they lost mm-hmm. just strikes me as insane. Problem is, I mean, every great player has a flaw or, or two, right? And, and, and turnover is a really bad flaw to have because there is no, we have data that says this, there is no stat that correlates more closely than winning other than points. 
that, 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 that and turnovers, right? I mean, that turnovers is is the most the most important thing to avoid uh, in a football game, and he turns the ball over a lot. Whether that's his fault, whether that should be held against him, whether it should cut against his greatness, these are all the fact of the matter is he turns the ball over more than almost everyone else. Uh, so I think it's worth pointing that out. I don't think it's. I don't think we're, we're, we're underappreciating Josh Allen when we point that out. His is a complicated case. We would take him over almost – I dispute Mike's notion. I, I'm not sure the Bengals or the Ravens or even the Eagles would trade their quarterback for Allen, but I get his point. I, I would put the number more like 26 than 31. But um, I, I, think we can, I, I think we can fairly say this is a great player that we're privileged to get to watch and that the Bills fans and, and Bills players are privileged to have on their team while also saying it would be better if he didn't turn the ball over as much. I don't think that's unfair. I'm sorry. All right. I mean, and, and the analogy I made on TV today was that Aaron Judge had 62 home runs that year, and it would yep. have been better if he didn't strike out 175 times. Um, but sometimes things go together. Right, very quickly, because I have you here, Mike T. Two others I want to ask you as a GM very quickly. One, I got a lot of people up in arms in Chicago when I suggest that maybe the Bears trade the first pick in the draft and try and build a really, really good team around Justin Fields. You say... Trade him. Move on. It's Ryan's course. He is somebody that has A ability. He's had a B minus career for reasons that are part his fault, part not. But Greeny, the, the most significant competitive advantage in team building in the four major sports is the rookie contract in the first round for a franchise quarterback. Minimum you're going to save is 20 to $22 million over the course of that contract. So even if you felt like Justin Fields was better than fill in the blank, Caleb Williams, Drake May, you would have to say, is he worth what you could, what you could get for $22 million a year? And that's why you got to move on. Hopefully you get a second-round pick from Atlanta. To quote you, Greeny, who says no, Justin Fields to Atlanta for a second? I love it. And then the second question I'd ask you quickly based upon your just your, your, your long-standing knowledge of the inner workings of the organization, the Jet season has turned into such a disaster. Do you expect major changes this offseason? Well, you certainly hope not, but boy, it was a bad week and a bad year, so... The trajectory is certainly certainly heading that way. Now, if they can put some wins together, maybe that'll tamp down the noise, but it was just disappointing to see on so many levels. You know, Graziano, you, just to finish it up, you made an interesting point in, the, in our meeting this morning. We all just kind of sat around and put our feet up and were chatting after the, you know, the planning part of our meeting, and you reminded everyone, like, a lot of decisions get made based on things that haven't happened yet. There's more season left than I think people really realize. I mean, five games is a significant portion of the season, and there are owners and teams that that will be influenced by how things go the rest of the way. The Jets aren't going anywhere. They're not going to the playoffs. But how do you coach and manage your way through the rest of this season? How do you present your organization publicly? How, do, how prepared are you to win these games? How much control do you have over what's going on in the building? All these things matter, especially if you're, you know, if you're not on solid ground to begin with because of your record. So, yeah, I, I think it's, a, it's an important time and a perilous one for some of these coaches. This is Greeny. We are live, as always, from the Seaport District at Pier 17. We're brought to you by Chase, Danny, and Mike T. Thank you guys both very much. We'll come back with a variety of thoughts. we got the football, we got the hoops, and a whole lot more on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio as we roll along, presented by Progressive Insurance. Lots to get to this morning, and we'll do it in 30 seconds after this word from Vivid Seats. Bowl season, basketball, hockey, pro football, all in action. And Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket-gifting needs this holiday season, see every one-timer, every touchdown, every slam dunk, live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans offering unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. All right, the assembled members of the Hashtag crew have assembled around us. Plenty of gambling talk today. Joe Fortenbaugh will join us in his usual spot. Hembo will have some picks along the way for you as well. And I am delighted to say that for the first time yesterday, this season, my Seeing Green boost hit. So for those of you who have signed up uh, for the ESPN Bet app, I am one of the ESPN personalities who will be providing special wagers for you over the course of the season and one of them is called Seeing Green, and it's a special boost. So the odds were boosted last night on the Patriots and Steelers, each scoring, both scoring, I should say, a touchdown in the first half, which seemed like it would take a miracle, but it actually did. So I was delighted to see that hit last night, Hembo. That was a game we expected to be offensive, and it turned out, at least in the first half, to be reasonably offensive. Nothing could have been more stunning than the way that game was played. It felt to me, more likely to be a 0-0 game at halftime. And it was an offensive explosion between Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky. So that's pretty much what it was. By their standards, that was an offensive explosion. <laughs> the, the, the Patriots had not scored 21 points in their last three games combined. And, and as we try to sign blame in Pittsburgh, because, I mean, for the Patriots, that's they're not playing for anything besides their own pride and whoever knows, you know, 
I'm not discounting the significance of trying to win NFL games, and I'm sure Bill Belichick wants that too. And to that team's credit, they played hard last night. But the Steelers were the team that had a lot more, have a lot more to play for, and certainly this week didn't look it. They looked terrible against the Cardinals. They looked terrible last night against the Patriots. And it will beg the question about Mike Tomlin. And one of the things we just, if you're just joining us, we we just talked with Dan Graziano and Mike Tannenbaum about the difference between the local perspective and the national perspective. And I think I have a pretty good understanding of that having been now a member of the national media for 30 years. But I started out doing local stuff, and I understand just how different the perspectives can be. Here's what I would ask if I... Pardon me, if I'm a fan of the Steelers. Does there come a point where change for change's sake is a positive? But Tomlin's been there almost 20 years. Chuck Knoll was there almost 30 years. Cower was there roughly 20 years. G- give me the exact breakdown on the numbers sure. if you can. Cower, excuse me, uh, Noel got there in 69 and coached into the 80s, right? W- when, when was his last year? So let's see. Let me pull this up chronologically. Noel was there until 91. 91. So he was there 30. That's well, how many years is that? I'm not. 16, 69 years? to 91. So that's 23 seasons. Yeah, and then right. Cower from 92 to 06. So that's and then 15, six. 16 seasons. Mm-hmm. And now, so, so he's in that area. He started so young. Mike Tomlin got hired so young that he remains a young man. He remains young even by head coaching standards, or certainly not anywhere near old. He could have another decade run somewhere else if he goes somewhere else. The question is, do you think they'd be better off with a different voice, a new face at the helm, a new direction, anything like that? I feel like the fans there want to see that. I, again, caution them against getting on the hamster wheel that my team, and it feels like half the teams in the NFL have been on, bring someone else in because you think they'll do better, then they do worse. So two and a half years later, you fire them, bring someone else in, they stink. Three years later, you fire them. You never have any continuity. You never have a real program. You are constantly changing schemes. Our defense looks different. Our offense looks different. So we need different players to do this. Though we get rid of those guys, we bring in these guys. They stink too. So that, that, that's life for half the teams in the NFL, at least maybe more than half the teams in the NFL. I'm here to promise you, Pittsburgh, that's not better. It is not greener. The grass on our side is not greener. So, but at some point, Mike Tomlin isn't just going to be the coach there for the next 30 years. One wouldn't just, how old is Tomlin? 50? 51. 51. So is he going to be there another 20 years? Will he be the coach there 35 years? It seems unlikely. So what will precipitate his departure? I, I, I don't really know how to attack that question. As an Eagles fan, I have lived this. Cam has lived this. Andy Reid coached the Eagles for 14 years. Right. His last two seasons, he went 8-8, eight and eight, and then he bottomed out at 4-12. and 12. Members of the national media could not believe that Philly fans were pushing Andy Reid out that door, who had already established himself at that point as a clear and obvious Hall of Fame coach. But it was time in that particular case. Since Andy Reid has left, the Eagles have hired two different head coaches that have led them to the Super Bowl. Doug Peterson did it. He won. Nick Sirianni did it last year. And they got both of those right. Chip Kelly in between was sort of a mixed bag. Sure, you'd much prefer to be the Steelers than the Bears, 
but you'd much prefer to be the Eagles than the Steelers. So it doesn't just come down to like one or the other. Of course, you'd prefer Tomlin over a never-ending carousel, but who's to say that's what's going to happen in Pittsburgh? So what do you think? It, it, right now, like my dream scenario, I have to be honest with you, I allowed myself to fantasize about this today. My dream scenario, I was thinking back to that moment in a game, I think it was last year, it might have been two years ago, when the Steelers are playing the Packers, and there's a little moment where Rodgers is trying to get a play called quickly, and Mike Tomlin calls a timeout from the sideline, and they kind of look at each other, and they have this wink-wink, nod-nod, extraordinarily respectful exchange. It almost looked like they were... like. Um, Attracted to each we other. Are, right? I mean, we are as great as each other. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was just a, a terrific moment of great respect between these two great guys. And I found myself this morning fantasizing about the idea that the Steelers decide to move on from Tomlin or that there was some sort of mutual decision and that the Jets, who I think are afraid of making any coaching changes because they're afraid of what Rodgers' reaction will be, find themselves in a position where they might be able to get Tomlin because Rodgers likes him, and maybe Tomlin wants a shot with Rodgers and, and what is a talented roster, and all of a sudden Mike Tomlin becomes the coach of the Jets. I allowed my mind to go there. <laughs> I think your tinfoil hat is on. This me. morning. What, what tinfoil hat? What did, is that a ridiculous... Concept? I think it's a bit of a, you know, you're connecting dots that might not quite be there. The problem is for the Steelers, if they did move on from Tomlin, which I don't think they will this year, I think it could happen sooner than maybe national media members think, is almost every other team would be thinking the way you are. I'm fantasizing about the idea of Mike Tomlin being let go by Pittsburgh and we're taking him as our head coach immediately. I think half the league would would sign up for that. No, I understand that, but maybe he wants to come coach Aaron. They had like that nice moment. I feel like there is a real attraction between from a football standpoint and just as people I think they like each other Tomlin and Rodgers they respect each other it's like Rodgers needs someone he needs I think there are very few people that he regards as his equal in football and that might sound very arrogant but at the end of the day how many people are his equal how many people currently in the National Football League in any capacity have accomplished anything even remotely approaching what he has. Tomlin is one of a small handful. There are almost no players, and there aren't that many coaches. Belichick, Tomlin, Andy Reid. I don't. I don't think that he has reason to. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. if someone says, "Well, you know, based upon his title, Robert Sala is his boss," but in what universe? <laughs> Is Robert Sala telling Aaron Rodgers what to do if Rodgers doesn't agree with it? And in what universe is Rodgers saying, well, he's the coach? You know, I don't don't like to bring these things back to analogies that always bring them back to me. But when you've been doing something a very long time, you have a very strong opinion on how it should be done. And when you have had success doing it, there aren't that many people that can come in and tell you, no, you need to do this differently. There are a small number of super accomplished people, people for whom you have great respect, that if they come in and they say to you, you might want to consider changing the way you're doing something, you'll listen. 
But otherwise, it's just an ever-rotating collection of people who've accomplished less than you have, and you're not going to listen to them because you know, because you've lived it, three years from now, there's going to be someone else in that seat with an entirely different idea, and I'm still going to be great at what I do. That's how Rodgers is approaching this. I don't think Tomlin to the Jets has almost any chance of happening, but if we're going to go down Why are you saying that to me? Because it doesn't. Why? The cart is miles ahead of the horse in this case. Because he's not going to give up 16 years of organizational stability in Pittsburgh to coach Rodgers for one season. But what if you make him like in charge of everything? So you say, okay, your footballs are coach Rodgers. Yeah, you come in and you're now running the organization. The Jets have never done that. Mm-hmm. And then Rodgers will be gone in a year, and he'll he'll have to do like a rebuild. He doesn't right. want to do that. But that's the point. Well, I mean, almost anywhere you go, I think the Steelers need to rebuild, don't they? How but close he's are the- but he's been a part of it for a decade and a half, so right. he has a lot more cachet built up there. He's walking in blind, coaches Aaron Rodgers for a year, see how it goes. He's probably gone in a year. To, and then he has to start over with a team he hasn't been with for the last Look, years. there was a moment in time where people thought that Bill Cower was going to come and be the coach of the Jets, and there are many people who will tell you, I can't say this one way or the other, but certainly believe that the reason he didn't take the job is because he wouldn't have full control over everything, and that that was hmm. why, why he didn't want to come and do that job. Someone will offer Mike Tomlin that if he wants it, right? I mean, you look at the places that are going to be open. How many coaching jobs You're acting are as if open? Mike Tomlin is likely to be gone. He is not. They're so not letting th- go of Mike Tomlin. No, no way in the world he's not their coach. That's not what the Steelers do. No, I understand it's not what they do, but could could he want it? Could, is there any chance That's a different that? question. I'm asking you that question. Well, I mean, I don't have any reason to believe that he'd want to leave the most stable organization in sports and go coach the Jets, but what do I know? <laughs> when you make it sound like that, I mean, you make it sound so stupid. <laughs> The Jets. <laughs> Who the hell would want to do that? All right, that's probably fair. Let's move on from that subject and let's move on to something else. In case you missed it. One more time. All right, uh, the NBA's here on ESPN Radio tomorrow night. We got the NBA's in-season tournament championship game coverage, 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The games last night were interesting. The first one was great. The second one was a coronation of the king. And in case you missed it, Adam Silver was live on ESPN Radio talking about how imperative it has been that the players have bought in. It, it couldn't have happened without the players. And not just the agreement at the table, but then I think what comes down through veteran players, Steph Curry embraced this, obviously LeBron embraced this early on. And when you, when you get to know players, and you guys know this well, there's aspects to them that aren't that different than fans, you know, especially young players in the league. To the extent older veteran players are saying, let's go, this is something interesting. That influences them just in the same way that if you're a fan and you hear, well, if Steph Curry says this is something I'm going to play hard for, it must be, it must be meaningful. So he's right. And again, my congratulations to Adam and everybody over there who are people that I, I like and I have so much respect for. And I will confess that I was one of these major in-season tournament questioners throughout the last four or five years that we've been hearing talk about it. But as is the case with most things, you put it out there and you, and you, and you, you give it a shot. And I think there's reason to believe that this year is the worst it will ever be because they'll just make it better. So this, I think, was a, a massive success. It's been terrific. Worst is the wrong choice of words. What I mean is, I think there's reason to think it is only going to get better because they'll figure out the things they could do differently, could do better, and keep going. So I think that there's reason to believe this thing now becomes 
even better than it's been, and I think it's been terrific. But the storyline this morning is not the in-season tournament. It is not who wins tomorrow night. It is the fact that at 38, 21 days away from being 39 years old, LeBron James remains the best basketball player in the world. If you told me I could have any one player to win any one game at, any, at, at right this minute, I would take him. It would be a tough race between him and Nikola Jokic. But let's not even sidetrack the conversation by splitting hairs between him and Jokic. Let's say that at this age, Michael Jordan came back and played for the Wizards. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was still playing. There have been a small handful of players who've played until they were 39 years old, as again, LeBron will be by the end of this month. None of them played at anywhere near this level. Not anywhere near. LeBron James is playing at a first-team All-NBA level. The only question is whether his body will hold up over an entire season doing it. But there is zero question that he remains one of the small handful of best players in basketball. And when we consider, when it's all said and done, his place on the historical chart list of the best players ever, the the GOAT conversation that half the world loves and half the world rolls their eyes at, longevity matters. It counts. And what has to be mentioned, and I will be a Michael guy to my dying day, but what has to be mentioned is that Michael Jordan, by this time in his career, had retired twice. And LeBron James is still out there carrying teams. He's not along for any ride. He's the best player on a championship-caliber team. Hembo, you correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe there has ever been a player in the sport who has done what he's doing at this age. Uh, You're not wrong. Uh, The closest that we could probably find would be Kareem. But Kareem's last great season was probably at the age of 37 or 38. And LeBron right now is doing things that have never been done and that will never be done again. It is is beyond belief. Um, To me, two days ago, he played all 12 minutes in a fourth quarter and played 40 minutes in a game comes back two days later and then basically plays the best game of his season and only had to play 22 minutes because they blew out New Orleans. What I think is so impressive about what LeBron has done this week is that he did the thing that most NBA superstars don't. He elected to pay it forward. We talk so much about the load management piece, how the superstars in today's game have elected to serve their own self-interest first and foremost. But LeBron James embracing this play in turn, uh, excuse me, the, the in-season tournament, the way that he has, has legitimized the thing until the end of time. Yeah. Like people are going to remember the first one. I happen to think they're going to wind up winning it. But even if not, they're going to remember the first in-season tournament and the fact that LeBron, the face of the league, took it so seriously. And for as well as he's playing, to me, that's an enormous part of the conversation here over the last week as well. I, I totally agree. Now, LeBron James, look, his legacy is already cemented on the short list of greatest players in the history of American sports. But that doesn't mean there isn't room for it to grow. I have more about that, I want to say. Plus, it looks like we may be getting a decision on Otani sometime very soon. We'll get into that. But right now, it's time for Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Go. Which active quarterback has thrown the most career touchdown passes against the Dallas Cowboys? Active quarterback, most career touchdowns versus Dallas. Answer next, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. Uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. This, of course, the music of John Lennon. December 8th will always be a day that stands out for all of us who loved him and love the Beatles. December 8th, 1980 was the day that he was murdered outside his building on the Upper West Side. Howard Cosell's name was trending earlier this morning. That's how I remembered it. So one way or another, we'll play a lot of his music today. And you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season Without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. I have. I want to get back to that LeBron thing in a minute, but first. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills? This is sneaky himbo trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? The question again is: uh, Which active quarterback has thrown the most career touchdown passes against the Dallas Cowboys? It's only fair that we should allow our Cowboys fan to go first. That would be Bubba in his. Micah Parsons jersey this morning. <laughs> Bubba, you always know which guys wind up throwing the most touchdowns against your team. Who do you think this might be? Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, I was going through the list of veterans who played for a long time, but there's, they weren't people who were in the NFC East. So right. I'm, I'm going to go with someone who just jumped back into the league, Carson Wentz. Huh. Oh, I didn't even think of him. Neither did I. That's so a good I have, answer. I have two names written down, yeah. and neither one of them is Carson Wentz. That's a good answer. I didn't think of that. He didn't play that long, though, right? How many years with He didn't play a ton, he, but he did play he was, two times a year. Yeah, I get he played that. a while. He, he played the year the same year as Dak. He played he like five years year there. Hmm. That's a good guess. That's not mine. All right, go ahead, Cam. I'm going with someone else who was in the NFC East for a little bit. That's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, right. That's one of the two names I have written down. Who's the other one? Is Aaron Rodgers because he just he played in the NFC and just was there so long and I feel like I also well, thought of Stafford but I don't think it's him. Stafford is one of the ones I thought of, but I, just I didn't think of Stafford. Brandon's guess time. is Kirk Cousins as well. All right, let's go, Brandon. All right, so I I thought of I, I'm between Cousins and Rodgers. 
Um, <laughs> this is good. But Carson Wentz has thrown me askew. All right, in the interest of moving this thing along, and I'll just take a different answer, I will say Aaron Rodgers. So we have one guess of Rodgers, two of Kirk Cousins, and one guess of Carson Wentz, and the answer is? The correct answer is Kirk Cousins. What? Yes, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Kirk Woo! Cousins threw 18 touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys. Carson Wentz had 15. Aaron Rodgers had 14, and those are the top three. Wow. wow. So we were close, but no cigar. Yeah, the, All right, that's yeah, the three. That's pretty good. Cousins. And how many has Jalen Hurts thrown? Just because he, he missed the Cowboy game, one of the Cowboy games last Only year. Only seven. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a ways away. One would assume that at some point soon he will climb that list. Okay, very good. Uh, good question today. Cam, run down the scoreboard again. I am 16 and 26. Bubba's 13 and 29. You are 10 and 32. Brandon, 5 and 14. Mark Cuban and Dominique Foxworth are 0 and 1. Okay, fair enough. I want to go back quickly to the LeBron thing. Because we were just talking about how brilliant he is and how brilliantly he's playing at his age. And one of the things Hembo and I try to do with our books, certainly with the one that came out this past year, it's called Got Your Number, by the way. Might make a delightful holiday gift if you're interested. It's available anywhere you get your books, Got Your Number. And we have two more coming in the pipeline that we'll talk about when they're getting ready. But we, we both have an appreciation for the history of sports, and, and, and what we try and do in the book is place players in their appropriate historical context. And one of the things that's hard to do is figure out where to put longevity in that. Like, who is a greater pitcher, um, to, to use an argument that I love, Sandy Koufax or Roger Clemens? Roger Clemens never had a year as good as the top four seasons that Sandy Koufax had. But Roger Clemens had 15 of them, and Sandy Koufax only had six or seven of them. Who's a better player? Um, uh, um, his name just... Oh, my goodness. I'm Gail Sayers or um, uh, uh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore ran for 1,500 yards because he played for 20 years. Gail Sayers' knee went out on him in his fifth season. But in my mind, Sayers is a, is a better player. So, so that's the question you're asking yourself. Like, where do you put LeBron's longevity into this conversation? It is the one area, if you can ask yourself, well, where is LeBron better than Michael Jordan? Well, that's the one area. Again, I'm a Michael guy to my core. I love him. But the one thing, he retired at, at 29, and then he came back at 31, and then he retired again at 36. And then he came back, I want to say, at 39, which is the age that LeBron is now. And it was ceremonial. And he had still played well. He was still a, a stunningly good player for his age. But LeBron, LeBron right now is a first-team All-NBA player. No one has ever done that at his age. I'm trying to think through all the sports. Tom Brady is the one that jumps to mind. He was MVP of the league and the Super Bowl the year he turned 40. That's unprecedented so that goes into it now Brady with all his championships didn't really need long well I guess his longevity played into that but whatever Brady's longevity is a factor in his historical place which is number one on the goat list man this is going to make it interesting for those of us who are Michael guys and again I am a Michael guy you give me one game to win I'm going to go I'm going to take it even further in all my life watching sports, I am 56 years old. I go back to the, the, the mid-1970s. I have lived and died with sports every day of my life. If you told me I needed to win one game for my life 
in any sport, I could have any one player on my team, I would pick Michael Jordan. Out of every player I've watched play anything, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, whoever you want, I would take Michael Jordan. But that isn't everything. That isn't the end of the discussion. LeBron's longevity is going to make this complicated, man. God help us if he wins another championship as the best player. They could win the whole freaking thing this year. The Lakers are good. You know, I don't know that they're better than Denver. I don't know if they're better than Boston or Milwaukee, but I don't know that they're not. I wouldn't put it past them. One move late in the season, who knows? So, like, what are we going to do if LeBron James wins another title and is the best player in the in the in the playoffs at the age of 39. What I always like to do with these all-time greats is kind of create almost like a a score in terms of the career value and the peak value. The problem is that it's not obvious to me where LeBron's peak was. It was just like a constant like 20-year peak. I mean, I think his I think LeBron in Miami was probably the best player I think the best season he ever had was obviously the year in which they won the championship by defeating the 73-win Warriors. But then winning a championship in the bubble was another feather in his cap. Like, that's the thing about LeBron where, I mean, the hardest race to run is the marathon. And endurance is an enormous thing in sports. And it's something that I think we too often overlook and chalk up to, oh, he's a compiler. No, LeBron is the furthest thing from a compiler. I think where we'll wind up with LeBron and Michael is best and greatest. And those are two different things, at least in my opinion. That's going to be where I net out when it's all said and done with those two guys. So you're saying Michael's peak was, in your view, markedly higher than LeBron's peak? Perhaps not markedly, but no one's going to ever have that kind of, what, eight-year run that Michael had ever again. I mean, during an incredibly competitive time in NBA history, the way that they just utterly dominated and the way in which he was so clearly better than everyone else. Yeah. But like LeBron's- it was really a six-year run. I mean, because he didn't, he didn't play all but 17 games of one of the other two seasons. That's what, that's what I mean. That's, I mean, that, that's like a good perfect That's a good note, run. right. But in totality, there is no question who accomplished more in the aggregate than LeBron James. It comes down to what kind of sports fan you are and what you favor. Because some, you know, some fans prefer that peak. Others like what myself. What kind of fan am I? What do I favor? <laughs> It sounds like you favor Michael Jordan's peak. I don't know. All right, we got to pause here briefly on this. We'll be right back. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.